everybody. Welcome back to Leaders or Readers. I'm Kathy. I'm Valmai. And today we've got the New York State Senator from District 37, and that is Bronxville, Larchmont, Harrison, the Town and Village, Town and Village of Amerinek, Port Chester, Rybrook, Tuckahoe, Bedford, East Chester, North Castle, Town and City of Rye, Nourishell, Yonkers, White Plains, Katona, Bedford Hills, and Armonk. And from what you're about to hear, she tries to get to all of those towns and townships and villages. And there are lots of ways that we found out that you can get involved, but we're going to let Senator Meyer explain that herself. Okay. <laughs> so uh, welcome, Senator Meyer. It's, it's good having you here. Thank um, you very much. Pleasure to be here. It's so great to have. We've had such a breadth of different people, different backgrounds. This is the first time we've had somebody that's in an elected seat before. So we're just sort of curious, um, what does your typical day at work look like? And it can be pre-pandemic, now, anything really. We're just intrigued by it all. Well, uh, in the legislature from January to June, we have a different kind of day than we do from June till December because we have to be in Albany two to three days a week. And I frequently preside over the Senate, which is really fun, but challenging. Or we have meetings. And until now the Capitol wasn't open, but we could be there and vote in person or vote remotely. So a typical day during the legislative session is committee meetings, conference, when we sit together with our colleagues and decide about big issues and whether how we wanna handle them. For example, how do we handle the governor's executive powers? How do we ensure libraries have enough money during the budget, which is something I've been very involved with over time. And then when we're finished with Albany, pre or post pandemic, we're home. I My office is in Port Chester and I live in Northeast Yonkers and I go all over, all the way up to Bedford in my district and the whole Sound Shore. So I'm going around now in person, I was in, uh, Rye Middle School this morning meeting with students. I'm going to be in Yonkers this afternoon. I was in Port Chester today. So it's, it's being present and it's also being in the office and making sure that we're working on issues that people care about. So one of the fun things about the job, it's not boring and there's always new people. If you like people and you're up for challenge, fantastic opportunity to make a difference. And if you like libraries, and I was on the library board earlier in my life, and I'm a big library person, it is something you can really, everyone supports libraries. It's so nice for something that is not divisive. So I'm, I'm always very thrilled because I get more emails on, about libraries than probably any other subject. So what would you say your favorite part of the job is? Is it meeting with the people? I like meeting people. I'm, I'm not afraid of disagreement. I think if you're in an elected office, you have to the better way to be is to be very open to different ideas and not be take everything so personally. And, you know, like a family, you know, you disagree with people and then you kiss and eat dinner together. And that's sort of, you know, my style is very much open door. I appreciate when people agree and disagree. I try to find the things we can agree on and work on them and then move forward. But I like meeting people and I like getting things done. So I pass as a chair of the education committee. You know, I really fight for schools and I fight for kids. And so that's very rewarding, like this year when we were able to do very well for our, particularly for our public and non-public schools, but, you know, for Mamaronic and, and all of our communities, we, we were able to get substantially more money. And that was a big victory. 
it sounds like you do it, it it's interesting always to hear about how um much you have to go around to different parts of your constituency and meet different places do you have any particular since we're in Mamaroneck do you have any particular things you like about the city have any very strong memories here um what, what's your connection to Mamaroneck well, I, so I grew up in the house that I live in now, which I, after my parents couldn't handle it, I moved back here from my place. And so we went to Mamaroneck, you know, regularly. I love the Harbor Island Park. I think this idea that you could drive and come right into the sound, see those boats, uh, you know, walk out on that beautiful, beautiful piece of land out there. That's fantastic. Sal's Pizza, very high on my list. Mamaroneck Public Library, Emelyn Theater. I have you know, lots of things I love about Mamaroneck. And I love the idea that the downtown is so vibrant. It has been much more successful than many of the other small communities I represent in uh, making a diverse downtown some place people want to go, like pre-COVID. You know, I'm going to Mamaroneck. I'm going to walk along Mamaroneck Avenue and go have ice cream. We, we've gone there for ice cream many times, you know, uh, so I think that's really a credit to, to Mamaroneck. And then, of course, I have spent a lot of time at the Community Resource Center and um, doing things with um, that community. That's very, very important to me. And particularly during COVID, um, the very, very tough time. And I just did a uh, vaccination campaign together with the food pantry of uh, Large Modern Mamaroneck at, at the park and able to partner with Empress Ambulance and give vaccines right there, no appointment. And that was very satisfying to me because I know people, if given the opportunity, many people will choose to do it, but it has it's much easier when it's right there. So, I mean, I, I, I am a big Mamaroneck fan. And um, do you have any favorite memories of either the Mamaroneck Library or, or the library that you would go to growing up? Yes, yeah, so since I grew up here in Yonkers, Yonkers has a wonderful library system, and I was on the board of the Yonkers Public Library. But in the part of Yonkers I live in, the Crestwood Library is like the little old-fashioned neighborhood library, a little children's reading room, and a little upstairs. I still go there. I went there as a kid. And also, my mother used to go to the Scarsdale Library because she could reserve all these books she wanted, and she would go every week and pick up her reserved books. Big library person. So yes, I have wonderful memories of the library and I, I'm so glad libraries are back open. I, I can't wait till they're open at the way we remember them, but you know, credit to libraries. They have had a remarkable success this year in handling everything, whether it's remote and book clubs and keeping people engaged. And I just, you know, I say libraries are the new civic centers of communities. And in part because librarians see their role in such an expansive way and it's a really a tribute to the library community yeah that's that's a really interesting way to view it because we're really big on programs and events especially if we can do them virtually but we're also curious since you seem to be a lifelong library goer do you have a favorite book from when you were growing up as a child or a teen something that still sticks with you i was trying to think about that so the secret garden i think was the name of this book that I, my sister and I were tears apart, we would read the same books. And I totally remember that. That was very entrancing to me at the time. And I think in retrospect, and I tried to encourage my kids, I didn't keep reading enough until I came back uh, as an adult to realize how much 
reading made me think about the world in a different way than my usual ideas. And that I needed that challenge of reading something new. So like right now I am reading uh, Promised Land by Barack Obama, as well as The Yellow House, which is a very interesting book about post-Katrina life in New Orleans. And it's from the perspective of a woman who grew up in a very, in a African-American part of New Orleans. And then the house basically gets destroyed and she goes back and her family's moved about, but it's an insider's view. So I find that I needed, I wish I had read more as a child and as a young adult, and I have to make up for it now. But libraries, you know, are forgiving. They let you keep going and find new things to read. So I, I appreciate that. And I have been in book clubs, but you have to find the time to make it through the whole book. And that's always a challenge. See, that's why I, I like audiobooks. I like to stick on the car, commute. Mm -hmm. In the audiobook. Well, everyone tells me since I drive to Albany that I should be fully in the audiobook world. And I have tried a few of them. And I think next year is going to be my goal of every two and a half hour drive will have an audiobook segment. That's a great new thing about them. And we just passed a bill in the Senate to make it easier for libraries to access ebooks at uh, less expensive because we want you to be able to share audio ebooks with all library participants, not like a bookstore. You know, we love bookstores, but the whole idea of a library is that it's very affordable and very accessible. So I was happy we were able to get that done. I hope it, I hope it gets to the finish line. That's fantastic news. And that, that's a New York? Well, we passed it in the Senate. I have to see if it passed in the Assembly. If not, we'll work on it for next year. But the idea of making eBooks and audiobooks more accessible and affordable for libraries so you can share them more generously is very important. And, and I'm, we have a new libraries committee in the Senate. We never had it before. And it's a great opportunity to make sure we focus on issues that libraries face. So let me know when there's things we should work on. So over the past few years, we've seen how important it is for people to get out and vote and become active in um, the changes they want to see in their community. So I know a lot of our younger listeners, they're not old enough to vote. How can they still have their voice heard? It's such a good question. This morning, I was, as I said, I was at the Rye Middle School with a bunch of seventh graders and eighth graders who want to ensure that our police departments uh, know the basics of American Sign Language. Uh, they've come up with this idea that there should be training in basic American Sign Language for police so that when they uh, deal with a person who is deaf, one, they are able to communicate, and two, they don't make any misjudgments based on their conduct. And that's a good example. Here they are in seventh grade. They can't vote. They presented a proposal to myself and Steve Otis and George Latimer about what they want, and we're going to see about putting it into legislation. I also have a youth advisory council of people who are too young to vote because I want to be sure I hear their voices. They meet. And if you're interested, you can email my office and uh, tell me what they think we should be working on. Many of them care about the environment, racial justice, criminal justice, personal safety, health involving young people. So absolutely, voting is not the deciding moment of when you have a voice. You have a voice when you decide there's something worth hearing. And so I encourage young people, please reach out to my office at smayer, M-A-Y-E-R, at nysenate.gov. 
Yes, mysenate.gov. And uh, let me know you'd like to be in the Youth Advisory Council. And we'd love to include you. We've been meeting virtually, but I think we'll go back to meeting in person. So it does sound like it. there are already these initiatives that are in place for youth to assemble. That's really interesting because it's very similar to how libraries function in terms of uh, we have a teen advisory board here. So it's, it's nice to get that because sometimes I think on every level, it's hard to understand what people want to do. So why not ask directly and <laughs> figure yeah. it out? I, I totally agree. I don't think it's for people like myself who are older and elected to determine what it is that young people think we ought to be doing. It's very important to hear their voices as much as possible. And I am very stimulated and excited by the voices of young people in our schools and, and elsewhere because they, they are expressing themselves very clearly. And that's a good thing. No one should be threatened by that. Everyone should be excited by it. I think we covered everything. Did we get uh, to all the questions? I think so, Valmai. Just if there's anything else, Senator Mayor, that you want to share with anybody, anything to do with books or libraries or um, similar ideas to what you expressed that you'd like us to share? Well, one, I really appreciate the opportunity as an elected official, as you say, to make people understand that our job is really to serve and to be accessible. We're not hidden off in some office somewhere or up in Albany. We're right here and we want to hear from people. And people should feel free to reach out, invite us to come to their groups and speak, uh, whatever their, their issues may be. And then the other thing is just to support libraries in ensuring that reading, participation, civic life, which libraries have been in the, the forefront, get the attention they deserve. We need to support this civic infrastructure, which is libraries. We used to have a town hall and people went to meetings and sometimes that's true when it's controversial, but it's not controversial. You have the same old 10 or 20 people showing up. And yet libraries can be a place where you can have a meeting, you know, post COVID about an issue, you can organize. And, um, and then you also can read and learn as I have learned to broaden my mind through reading. And I, as I say, it's a challenge for me to continue to do so and to learn new things from other people's perspective that's included in books, written or audio. As you said, Kathy, I'm going back to the audio. But thank you again for the opportunity. And I look forward to coming by the Mimaronic Library soon and uh, hopefully something in person, obviously. Well, we're, we're open. And I know you are, <laughs> I know you are. I, I, I was in the White Plains Library this morning. I look forward to coming to the Maronic Library soon. And I will come visit. We're taking advantage of the really nice weather too to keep going towards post-COVID existence. So it is. it feels very exciting this summer. So thank Great. you so much for your time and for thank your really you. answers. Thank you very much for the opportunity. And don't hesitate to reach out if I can be helpful in any way. All right, so that was our talk with um, New York State Senator Shelley Mayer. And if anyone's interested in joining her youth council, that's for students that are in high school or college, you can contact her office at smayer at nysenate.gov. Uh, give her an email, let her know you'd like to serve on the youth council. Yeah, she's very excited to talk with anybody in her district. So we hope you had a good time listening to us. We had a great time talking to her last week. So. 
Until next time, see you later.